Welcome to Courtside Moms. I'm Wendy Sparks. And I'm Stephanie Folahan. Today, we have the pleasure of sitting with Dr. Ladisa Holmes, the awesome mother of Rashawn Holmes of the Sacramento Kings. Hey, awesome mother. I like that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for coming on our show. So we want to know all about your youngest son and his path. <laughs> his path to becoming a professional basketball player. But before we get there, let's talk a little bit about young Rashawn. Who was he then, and who is he today? Hey, Rashawn was very spoiled <laughs> when he was younger, but he he was a good kid. He was a good kid, and um, he loved to read. Um, that's pretty much Rashawn. He loved to read, and um, he loved to compete with his brothers. Um, now, at this age, he still loves to read, but um, he does his thing. You know, he's, what, 26, 27 years old. So, I mean, he's a grown man. So <laughs> um, his thing when he was younger, he wanted to be an NBA basketball player. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, we did everything we could to help him reach that goal, which is where he is now. Um, Rashawn now, he's still spoiled, uh, but he... <laughs> What can I say about Rashawn? He's he's a good person. Aww. He's a good-hearted person. You know. That's beautiful. That, that's pretty much what I can say about him. He's a good-hearted person. That's beautiful. You know? So you yeah. have four boys. Let's talk about the energy in your household when they were young. The energy was crazy. It was really, really crazy <laughs> because they love to compete. They love to compete. And let me just say this real quick, too. With four boys in the house, plus my husband, well, five boys, but four boys and my husband, the grocery bill was crazy. (laughs) I mean, you can cook something in the morning, you know, breakfast. I'm talking like eggs, bacon, grits, um, toast, hash browns. And within a couple of hours, they were hungry again. So I said, okay, I'm going to make big burgers. Now, Rashawn had to be about three or four years old, and I made a big burger. I didn't think he would eat it all. He ate it all. <laughs> my, my sons ate all of the burger because I'm thinking, well, they're not going to want any dinner because this is really big. And I'm like a plate full of French fries. <laughs> dinner came around. I thought I was good. I'm getting ready to, you know, do some other things. Uh, Mother, are you cooking dinner? dinner I, you just ate a burger so I end up cooking again so I was always going to the store or oh, my husband he goes to the store and we were always getting something I would try to get a lot you know go grocery shopping get a lot but there was always something that I had to go and get at the store every day and I couldn't understand that every day you know so uh, my sons they were fun to be around but then there are times where I want to just go in the room and close the door because <laughs> they always needed something, you know, mainly food, <laughs> mainly food, you know. Um, yeah, but Rashad was good. He was a good kid, just very, very competitive, just like everybody in my family, very competitive. You know, my husband, they always wanted to beat my husband in bowling. 
And uh, my husband would tell them, you cannot beat me. I'm your father. <laughs> I changed your diaper. You cannot beat me. And they would try to beat him. It's only one son that beat him. And that was my son, Richard Jr. And Rashawn got upset because Rashawn is a very good bowler. Very good bowler. But he never could beat my husband. Really? (laughs) Yeah. But it was always something competitive in my household. Something always competitive. So I heard you had little Friday night meetings with your boys. Tell us a little bit about that. (laughs) I did, you know. Every Friday, we would have a family meeting. And so we would tell them before the family meeting, you all can wait. I mean, not wait, but you can tell us anything you want on Friday and you will not get in trouble. Get in trouble is like being on punishment, like going to your room, not coming out for a couple of hours, or uh, you can't go outside for three days or something like that. That was a punishment for them. Uh, Rashawn and all my boys, not just Rashawn, they will wait until Friday to (laughs) spill everything. And so we had to sit there and like bite our lip, (laughs) hold our hands. We had to rock a few times because they would tell us some stuff that we didn't know. And it was some, it was some stuff. They knew they would have gotten in trouble for it. And, um, we kept our word. We didn't. We didn't get them. But then from that point on, I love that. Start I, I looking love at this. everything. Yeah. Make sure they doing things right. Yeah. So. I love it. She said we didn't get them. So we didn't get them, but I've got it was the, hard. It I've was got hard because they they could get you know boys. They can get into some stuff. You're right. I've got three kids. Yeah, I've got two boys and stuff. a girl, and I I really like this idea. But I don't think yeah. I have from Friday until Sunday to hear about everything they did because I know there'd be no way they could get it out just on Friday night. Uh-uh. Yeah. I, I don't know what I would do on a Friday night if my kids told me they did something they weren't supposed to do. I don't know if I could bite my tongue. Good. You guys are great. It was hard. It was hard. I'm not going to tell you. I, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. It was hard. But I can imagine. What was the worst spoken, thing? We told our word, so we said we're not going to do it, so we didn't. What was the worst thing on a Friday night that they'd ever told you that you didn't know? We had a pool table in our basement. It was nice. We just got it. (laughs) And they broke it. But they told us, if I'm not mistaken, somebody had came in, one of his cousins or something, and they broke it. Or I can't remember how the story went, but uh, it was a lie because they broke it. They broke it because they played this game called, I just found out about this game, so I'm trying to remember the game, but they played this game. I think it's called Hackball. Hackball, that's it. That's it. Hackball, yes. Yes, that's it. Well, they had to run from one end of the basement to the other end of the basement. They had to hold on to the ball and they can hit you, do whatever they wanted, but you better not drop the ball. And so I remember one time, I don't even think the boys remember this, but Rashawn had scratches on him and he was red. And I said, what happened to you? And I think one of his brothers said either he ran into the door or he uh, had a mosquito bite or something. They said, you know how they make up stories. Mm -hmm. And so I say, well, go put some alcohol on there and stuff. This is my baby. Come to find out they play hackball. (laughs) They scratching it. Trying to pull them down and make them fall and everything. Every man. I didn't find out until later. 
you know, that they broke the table. I guess they brought so, that up on a Friday. <laughs> they brought it up on a Friday. There you go. But, but like a lot of Fridays. Yeah, later. yeah, yeah. See, not, not that week Friday, but, you know, oh, yeah. later. When they were adults. <laughs> when they yeah. were adults. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So they, when did Rashawn, when did Rashawn start playing basketball? I started playing basketball about seven or eight years old. And um, we thought that he just, you know, like most kids, they just want to shoot around and right. stuff like that. But Rashawn actually wanted to play basketball. And so his brothers didn't find out that he was really serious. I didn't find out that he was really serious. He had to be about maybe 10 or 11 years old because he was bowling. And they went bowling every Saturday at about nine o'clock. And they were in tournaments. So we thought bowling was the thing. But Rashawn said, no, I want to go play basketball. Well, what happened was basketball conflicted with bowling. So he had to make a choice. It was either basketball or bowling. And uh, he still wanted to do bowling. But he said, I want to play basketball. And so after he made that choice, he came back that next Saturday and said, can I still go bowling? No, because now you're in basketball, you know. (laughs) So that's that's when he started. So fast forwarding, Rashawn is like uh, that silent player who was overlooked, but quietly improved in high school. But he didn't get any D1 offers, so he ended up going to JUCO. But he dominated, and then he went to Bowling Green University, where he had three successful years, and then all of a sudden, he was in the league. Like, did you see that coming? To be honest with you, we did. And I'm going to tell you why, because we're people of faith. That's right. And we believe when Rashawn said he wanted to, when he got serious, and we we knew he was serious, that he wanted to be in the NBA. Then we said, okay, you have to work hard to get there. Now, in his high school years, there was a coach that told him, you will never make it to the NBA. You will never get a D1 offer. So pretty much give it up. Now, Sean didn't tell us this until after he was in college. So I wanted to go and find that teacher. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to go find him, but, you know, my husband said no. That teacher knows. That teacher knows. Yeah. Yeah. So um, (laughs) during that time before he went to his senior year in high school, there was another coach that would not let him play at all. Didn't let him play, and um, I was upset about that, but I said, okay, fine. So when he got to, um, he went to Moraine Valley, a JUCO college, because the coach told him, I can bulk you up, and also I'll get the ball in your hand. Now, Rashawn had other offers, but he had to go, yeah, we would have had to pay um, a certain amount of money or whatever, and so I said, no. You know, he had a um, uh, 29 on his ACTs. I think the highest was like 30-something. And so I said, no, absolutely not. Um, so this coach came and said, if you just give them to me for one year, I promise you I can get them here, 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 and do this, this, this. So I said, okay. Rashawn said, um, no, I didn't say okay. None of us said okay. Rashawn woke up the next morning and said, I'm going to Moraine Valley. Everybody said, What? Moraine Valley, that's a junior college. And it's a, a D2 junior college. I mean, they was going off on him. And uh, he said, yep, I know, but I'm going I'm going to Moraine Valley. And I asked him, I said, are you sure this is what you want to do? He said, yes. So 
So he ended up going. He dominated in Moraine yeah. Valley. Dominated. Yes. And uh, actually him and Frank Kaminsky, they played together. Not together, but they played against each other. Oh, okay. Um, he also played with uh, played against Jabari Parker on the AAU team. So, or in high school, excuse me, in high school, he played against Jabari Parker. So that's how they know each other. Right. He also played against Andre Drummond in the AAU. Oh, okay. And uh, I was surprised when Rashawn got into the NBA that Andre Drummond remembered him. And so he was just happy for Rashawn. So, you know, stuff like that, that touches a mother's heart. Of course. You know, it touches my heart. But anyway, so moving forward, and I'm trying to go kind of fast, but um, when he got to Bowling Green, he was in his second year, and he broke the block shot record in the first year that he was there, which was great. But then in his junior year, he really didn't get a lot of playing time. So when the coach, they end up letting the coach go and they brought in another coach in the senior year, in his senior year, Coach Jans. I will never forget Coach Jans. Coach Jans took my son to the next level of basketball where he prepared him for the NBA. That is a coach, if I've ever seen one, Coach Jans. All that other stuff that happened with that, that's that's that. But him coaching, that man is a great coach, great coach. So he ended up getting a letter. They were in the finals or something in um in the in their conference. And Rashawn ended up, they sent somebody in to give Rashawn a concussion, bust his lip, he had to have stitches and stuff. They end up losing. But Rashawn ended up becoming the defensive player of the year. So all of that happened, and the coach didn't want to tell him that he had a letter to go to the um, to the pit, Horsemith yeah. Invitational. He he didn't he didn't know that he had a letter, and we really didn't know what the pit was. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest with you, we had no idea what it was. So we got excited, and after we got excited, we asked the other coach, "Now, what is this?" <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the invite, but what is it? But what is it? And so um, when he told us, we were like, oh, boy. So my whole family packed up and we went to um, Wichita, Kansas, I think it is. That's where it was. And uh, nobody knew who Rashawn was. Nobody knew who he was. And uh, Rashawn got a chance to play. And I think at that time he got like 22 points, maybe 10 blocks or something like that. And after he finished, all these reporters came up there to him. I said, wait, 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 what, what, wait, what? (laughs) So I jumped down out of the bleachers and I ran, you know, to see what was going on. Because, I, you know, I'm to protect my baby. Of course, of course. And then when I found out what was going on, I said, oh, okay. So I backed up and let him go ahead. And he came back at the mother. What was all of that? I said, I don't know. You just played ball. So that's good. (laughs) Whatever it is, it's getting you closer to the NBA. So that's all that we want. Amen. (laughs) <laughs> so, yeah. And then when they finally told us that he's going to the combat, we was like, yes. Oh, okay. You know. Now, the funny thing about this is Michelle went to all of these teams and he worked yeah. out for all of the teams. And the team that he didn't work out for because there was a storm and he couldn't get to Philadelphia. Philadelphia was the one that chose yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. That well, was so funny. Yeah, that is that's a little that eerie. 
So at this point, your son is getting all this recognition. Um, so what did you and your husband do as parents now? Um, like, how did you get your resources to figure out, like, this basketball world? Well, we had a, um, a gentleman who is Rashad's agent right now. His name is Pedro Powell. Pedro gave us so much information. At that time, he was not Rashad's agent. He wanted to be, but we had went with someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, Pedro never said anything, any information that we needed, he gave it to us. And we had some others, too. They were just very kind-hearted. Um, Irena Davis, which is Anthony Davis' mom, uh, I would call her a lot say, look, what's going on here? What do you do here? What do you do there? You know, and she gave me uh, information. Um, and then after we end up letting go, his other agent for, we, <laughs> I'm trying to say it nicely. Mm-hmm. We end up letting him go. I love it. <laughs> because we wanted to go in a different direction. So um, Pedro came along and he was already there. And we told Pedro, he said, oh, you, you want to come with me? We're like, yeah. And so Pedro really helped us out an awful lot. I mean, tremendously. And that's how we got to know the ins and outs of certain things. Right. You know, Choosing agents is a, it's an important, important decision that you have to make. I mean, we had to go through the same process too. And it, it's a matter of trust, right? Because at the end of the day, crazy process. yeah, this person is really that person that's going to help you get on the map. So if they're not to par, you, your career isn't really going to go far. I mean, yes, you're on the court and you got to prove yourself, but at the end of the day, if the negotiation ain't good, it doesn't matter. It doesn't that's make right. a difference. And that's so right. I, I, I understand exactly what you're saying, you know, because I have so many people that I want to represent my son, but a lot of them, they just couldn't be trusted, but you, you sort of don't know that until you know what I mean? After the fact. And then you have, That's right. you know, you mean you get 10 people calling you and they're all telling you about the other one who's worse, but yet they're worse. And it just a rotating circle. Yes. I'm like, you know what? Yes. None of you are going to represent yes. my kid. See ya. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, because it's yes. true. Because after a while, I was like, no, no. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. An honest business person is what we wanted. We didn't want that cutthroat. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We definitely didn't want that. One coach that I can say helped us out, too, on Philadelphia's team, and his name was Coach Rooks. Mm -hmm. Coach Rooks ended up passing away, but, man, did he give us some sound advice, gave us some great advice, told Rashawn where his bread and butter was because they wanted him to do some other things. He told Rashawn, you can do those other things, but don't forget this here. This is your bread and butter. And um, he gave us some good advice, and so did Elton, Elton Brand. Elton Brand is the GM now for Philadelphia, but before he was the GM, you know, he gave Sean some good advice. I can't say what that advice was, but he gave him some great advice. And Rashawn took that advice and we took that advice, you know. And so um, there was always somebody that God was seeing in our path to help us out. If there was a problem that we had, if there was a question that we had, there was always somebody there that was honest, that was honest and we can trust them at that moment, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. To give us the right answer and to help us along the way. So um, I think he has some great people in his path. He has some great people to help him out to get to where he is now. Well, he played three years um, with the 76ers and we all know trades are just, it is what it is within the league. However, his trade was 
he was traded to the Suns for cash consideration. I mean, there's no words for that. So, I, yeah, I can only imagine you, Ladisa. Tell me what your thoughts were when you heard that your child was sold to the <laughs> to the Phoenix Suns for some money. Okay. All right. Okay. So, um, I wasn't happy. Mm, I can imagine. I know what that all entailed. Yeah. I knew who was behind it. And I wasn't happy. But I could not express myself because uh, Rashawn is in the league and I will not hurt him by how I'm feeling. You know, certain things should have, it, it just shouldn't have went down like that. That's right. just my feeling. Of course. Um, but they did what they did. I think, um, was it Coach Brown? I think Coach Brown was the the GM or acting GM at the time, the interim GM or whatever. And um, that's what he decided to do. And so we said, okay. I wasn't happy with it because we, we like Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, but we wasn't happy with it. But that's what happened. So he went to Phoenix Suns. And I told him, and my his father told him, all right, you make an impact. You make an impact. That's you it. play. That's it. You know, and uh, that's what he did. When he first got down there, it took him a minute to adjust. Yeah. You know, and uh, but he when he adjusted, he did pretty good. He did pretty good. But now Sacramento, that's another story. Yes. So let's talk Sacramento. about Sacramento. Let's talk about yeah. first the city who embraced your baby with loving arms. Let's talk about that. They are so awesome. Now, I have to say, Philadelphia fans, there are fans there that absolutely love Rashawn. Mm-hmm. And so I don't take anything from them. But Sacramento, when we first got there, they were nice, you know, loving and everything. But then when Rashawn started playing, the first thing, I think Rashawn, they had a game, and Rashawn was very, very effective in the game. And when he was at the free throw free throw line, they started chanting MVP. Nice. And I knew then if they chant that, Rashawn was going to start crying. So I knew the first shot was not going to make it. I knew he was <laughs> going to miss the first free throw. So he had to gather himself, get himself together. Now, see, this, is, this will embarrass him. Me saying that him about to cry, that would embarrass him. <laughs> but um, it, it, it's the truth. He was. And and I understood why, because, you know, he's never had that. He's never had that. He's always had to, like, scratch, scrape for any time or any playing time or anything that he wanted when it comes to basketball, when it came to basketball. And then for them to embrace him the way they did and chanted MVP and then still embracing him, that's that's just amazing. I, I love them for that. I love the fans for that. I love Coach Luke Walton because he allowed Rashawn to play. Yeah. I mean, play ball. You know, Rashawn was was stuck in one particular thing, and Rashawn is not one dimension. He's he's three really three dimension right. dimensional player. But um, you know, and coaches they want what they want, and it's okay. 
you know, but he just had to get to a coach that really wanted him to play and play his game. And that's what Rashawn is doing now. Yeah, sometimes. You know, I tell everybody, y'all haven't seen anything yet, <laughs> you know, just three points. The funny thing about it, when Rashawn was younger, he would shoot threes all the time. All the time he would shoot, th- yeah. shoot threes. But that, when he, well, I don't want to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but his shot got changed. I said like that. His <laughs> shot got changed. So now I don't know what he was doing <laughs> earlier. He's shooting the ball. I said, "What? What? What? What shot is that?" <laughs> you know. So yeah, but he's he's coming back. Nothing's he's better than back. your mom's honesty. <laughs> <laughs> You're his biggest fan. You and, and, and your husband. Your so you could say what you want when you want, how you want, right? Oh, look at his back. So. That's okay. Yeah, I just like to embarrass him. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, let me, speaking of embarrassing him, you are a interview crasher. So, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen at least two interviews where, one I had to laugh, where he was just talking, yeah. and then he said, we have a doctor on the phone that would like to speak to you <laughs> as a question, and... His reaction, yeah. like, it was like, oh, no, I think I know who it is. <laughs> he said, yeah, I recognize that voice. And I had to laugh because you give such a different energy. And you show how proud you are of your son. Not just Rashawn, but all my sons. I'm very proud of them. I'm not saying they're perfect because, oh, Lord knows they're not. <laughs> but, you know, I'm proud of them because they stick with more, what they want to do. They stick with it and they get it done. Right. You know, I'm just very proud of my boys. Very proud of them. Love them very, very much so. So this year with yep. Sacramento, this is like his breakout year. I mean, he got the, the the starting center spot. I mean, kudos to him. But with a lot of greatness, sometimes comes a little adversity, and he had an injury. So what did that do to him, like mentally? Mentally, we had to just keep telling him, that, you know, it won't be long. You're going to go back out there. You'll get back out there. But mentally, he just really, you know, he loves basketball. He loves basketball. This child will play basketball even if he didn't get paid. That's how much he yeah. loves it. And um, his thing was, oh, I got I to gotta go play basketball. And so we would tell him, well, go get up some shots with just your right hand. Oh, which one? Which one? I think it was his right shoulder. So just go on. Put up some shots with your left hand. <laughs> Just put up shots. Just touch the ball, you know. And then we were out there quite a few times making sure that he was okay and, you know, he's getting his therapy and all that. So I would tell him, you know, while you're off, take care of some other things that you need to take care of and um, still go and work out and, you know, do what the trainer tell you to do. Mentally, though, he's strong. He was strong, but sometimes it would get to him. Of course. It would get to him. Mm-hmm. And that's natural. I mean, Stephanie, you deal with basketball players uh, all the time, so you must see that too. I do. And I, to be honest with you, actually, as you were talking there, I, I just heard a lot of what uh, I go through on a regular basis, and that's players not having uh, a backup plan when they get injured or, you know, life after basketball. So as soon as you guys were talking about his injury, it brought me to remember that he's got uh, a, a side hustle, a little company that he started, Stay Tuned, is that a result of the injury? Because it looks like it's pretty new. No, actually, they had they were planning it 
already he wanted to help a lot of the um, underprivileged kids, or should I say, they call them underdogs. I don't like the word underdog, but um, it's people who got looked over, kids who got looked over like he did. Right. So he don't want to look over anybody. He wants to help them to uh, get to the point of um, competing right. on another level, on a higher level. And so that's why we wanted to start Stay Too Tuned. We wanted to start that and wanted to help him with it and ask him what was his ideas. So he gave us his ideas. And so we started implementing uh, Stay Too Tuned. As a matter of fact, Stay Too Tuned, they're having a, um, oh, they're going to get me because I forgot. The <laughs> but um, they have some players that's coming in and, um, we're working them out and getting their measurements and all of that stuff, just getting things together and uh, let them feel what it's like to uh, get ready to go to that next level. You know, this is what's going to happen. You're talking about playing professional ball. This is what you have to deal with. So it's an exciting time. So I'm, I'm excited about that. So and Rashawn is excited about it. It's stay too tuned and his jersey number is 22. So does 22 have a significance in his life other than that it's his jersey number? My birthday. Oh, okay. My birthday is September it was something. 22nd. Okay. Yeah. My birthday is September 22nd. So well, happy he's early. had it since he yeah. was. Oops. Happy early birthday. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Next Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She'll so, be turning uh, 22 next Tuesday. All right. We see you. Come on now. We see, see you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it's my birthday. He's had it since he was ooh, maybe uh, eighth grade. He's had that number, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So when he went to Phoenix and he couldn't get 22, he had to get 21. Oh, my goodness. He, he was having a fit about that. I said, that's okay. It's all right. You get 22 back. Just celebrated so a, a day earlier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, all. Yeah, it's a day earlier. Yeah, yeah. You know, free birthday. Yeah, yeah. Free birthday celebration. So, uh, but yeah, when he went to Sacramento, they had the number available. He grabbed it real quick. Of course. He grabbed it real quick. So, he's back on it. <laughs> well, finally, after a couple of months, uh, that call that he anticipated came and, all right, Rashawn, come back to work and report to the bubble. I mean, I'm sure he was happy to to leave home, but I'm sure he wasn't happy to go there and be um, on lockdown okay. again. But I have to ask you about his little step outside the bubble. <laughs> what was he I'm thinking? Ready. I'm ready. <laughs> what happened was this. And uh, I told him, you know, you, you got to just, you have to be watchful. You got to be very careful. Yeah. What happened was he said he, he, cause he had talked to us, said he just wanted some wings. The food was okay in the bubble, but he just didn't want that, that day. He said, mother, I just got a taste for some wings. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. So he called um, Uber Eats, I think, or whoever it was to order it and they was bringing it to him. And so, I don't know if I'm supposed to be telling this story. <laughs> <laughs> Ask for Sean later. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'm supposed to tell the story, but anyway, uh, he had asked somebody, because the, the guy was here. He said, can I go right there to get the food? And they said, yes. He walked there, grabbed the food, and he came back. I didn't walk to the, it wasn't a, it was maybe six steps. 
because that's how close he was there at the line. And then Uber Eats was here, right? you know, here. And then Rashawn is here. So he said, can I get the food? And they told him, yes. And so he reached over, walked there, reached and grabbed the food. Well, later on, they called and said, you breached the um, the the room. Yeah. Such and an he said, what mistake. did I do? They said, we got your own tape. He said, oh, my gosh. So he called us and said, I've got to be quarantined for 10 days. <laughs> I said, what did you do? <laughs> That's when he told me. I said, boy, it, was I there? You know, <laughs> was it your cooking? Could, yeah. <laughs> Got a quarantine for ten days for some restaurant food. Come on, man. That's you know, so. but yeah, was but innocent. he wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. very innocent. You know, very innocent. So, life in the bubble. I mean, that was that's a little funny incident in my mind. But then, you know, things got a little serious when the whole Jacob Blake shooting occurred, and the players decided to take a stance and not play and then speak with the owners and the league and tell them, look, we need to take some action. What do you think about that? You know, my father used to always say, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Mm. So if you're going to take a stand, make sure, you know, whatever you believe, you stay there and you take action. If you're just going to talk about it and not take action, yeah. what what good is it? Has to be action done. I don't, I'm not saying there was no action done on some of their parts, but if you have a, a group and um, everybody is not on the same page, it's going to be hard to take a stand right. or hard to take action the way it should be taken. That's about what I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, what do you think? Ooh, I like it. She's throwing it back at me. <laughs> well, no, I I was, mean, I'm curious no, because, you know, yeah, I would like to hear other people's opinion about it. I was actually very proud of, um, of the players because it showed their unity and it showed that, you know, they weren't standing for everything that's going on anymore. And the backlash that they got from it just to me in my mind was just, I guess, ignorant. You know, people say you guys are getting millions of dollars, just playing the bubble and get over it. And I think they completely missed the whole point. You know what I mean? Yeah. At the, yeah. When they were kneeling at the beginning, they were being disrespectful. And then when they took a stand and said, listen, you guys have to do something. But look, look what happened now. The, for example, the owners or, or you know what I mean? The arenas now are going to be used for vote for the voting process that's coming up in November. And just things like that, or, you know what I mean? Are, it impacted. So it's good to me in my mind that they all came together and they all stood and said, listen, something's got to give because this is our lives. This is our future. These are our kids' future. So for me, I, as a I mom, I was proud. Yeah. I, was I, I agree with you. Yeah. I just want them to take action. Right. You know, I know they came together and they did that. And that was that was a beautiful thing. But now we got to take action. So what action are we going right. to do? Right. I mean, I'm including myself in that as well. Yeah. You know, what action are we going to do? What action are we going to take? You know, yeah, we standing for it. That's great. But come on, let's, what, what are we going to do after 
after what they just did. What are we going to do? The action part. What What are we going to do? That's right. Just talking about it isn't, uh, I mean, the lip service isn't exactly going to do anything. Like we've actioned something or they've actioned something. Now it just has to, they have to follow through and keep and continuously follow through until. And, and a lot of them are. Yeah. Yes. 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 A, a lot, lot of them are getting registered to vote. A lot of them are going to actually vote, um, which is important. Because without yes. that, they're going to have it. You know what I mean? It's, 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 if they don't take your future seriously now, what are you going to do? It? You know what I mean? I in the future, which makes no sense. You know what I mean? Everything you do now is going to help you in your future. So Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. And your children's future. Exactly. You know? You're fighting now for the next generation. Yeah. So, yeah. Our last question that we ask, and we always end with this question in all of our episodes what advice would you give to an up-and-coming amateur player? The number one advice I would give is to work hard. That's the number one advice, work hard. Because I promise you, the work that you're doing now is nothing compared to the work you will have to do when you get to the NBA. That's right. That's my number one thing, that's to work hard. But the second thing, and I probably should have put this first, but um, by me being a woman of faith and loving God, I would tell a person to always put God first. And the reason why I say put God first is because he knows you. Mm-hmm. He knows you. He knows your ins and outs. He knows everything about you. And so you're putting him first. He knows how to give you the strength and the 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 fortitude to go hard for your dreams, for your whatever it is that you dream of. And that's not just for an athlete, that's for anybody. Anybody, yeah. That's for anybody. Whatever your dreams are, you can make your dreams a reality by putting God first and he will lead and guide you. Now see, y'all got me preaching. See, I'm not <laughs> trying to do that. I'm trying to be nice, but you know, but he will, he will make sure that the people that you need to come in contact with and be in company with, he will surround you with those people right. so that you can get to your destiny. Ah, okay. But- <laughs> That's, what about That's what I think about Rashawn. I think about everybody that was that surrounded him. God put certain people in his way, in his path, so that he can make it to the NBA. Because when he went to um, Bowling Green, that coach was there for one year. Rashawn had one year left. He was there for one year, and he took Rashawn to the level he needed to be on, and then that coach left. Right. They ended up letting him go. So God is going to put you in the company of people that you need to be around in order to reach your dreams, in order to reach your destiny. Right. And so I would always tell people to put God first because he knows where you're going and how to, how to get you there. So that's that's my that's mine. I agree a million percent. I said, tell my son the same thing. And I said, tell him, you know, don't worry because no weapons formed against you shall prosper. And he used to look at me like, what? Now he gets it. Absolutely. Yeah, now he gets it. Yeah. Rashawn knows he has a praying mom. So if he gets in trouble, because he has gotten in trouble, (laughs) Jesus, you know. (laughs) But, you know, and I'm talking about all my boys, they've gotten in trouble one way or another. And I have been on my knees praying and, you know, calling on God because, you know, 
I, I'm not the type of mother that just says they grown, they're going to do what they want to do, which they will do what they want to do. Right. But I'm like, no, I'm not going to leave you out there to, to just fall apart. I'm going to put some prayer on that. Now, God, it's up to you. Get get that boy. Don't go get him. Do something with him. You know. So, uh, yeah, I'm always praying for my family. I'm always speaking positive things over my family. When somebody bring a negative word to them, I grab them negative words with positivity. And those negative words have to dissipate. They cannot stay in my son's mind, in his heart. Nothing. I'm always going to speak positive things. And not just for my son, but to other young athletes. Every young person, you know, because this is the next generation that's coming. And they have to be, they have to be strong. They got to be strong. Well, it's good that he has you to keep him grounded. Um, Because today, that's just what we need. Our our youth or our young men, that's what they need. There's so much things going on in this planet and they need people like you. Ladicia, we just want to thank you so much for your amazing parting words and uh, your your energy today was amazing and in everything that you do on Twitter and everywhere we see you, uh, you know, you're you're a really great spirit. I appreciate that. Thank you. I hope I didn't talk too much. <laughs> <laughs> you are fine, and we really appreciate you coming on Courtside Moms. And please keep in touch. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a pleasure meeting you guys. Thank you so much. Done, baby. I do it naturally. Whoa, whoa, whoa.